Justice Alito has our opinion this morning, case 16-1363, Nielsen versus Priya. This case, which comes to us from the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, requires us to interpret a provision of the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigration Responsibility Act, which was passed by Congress and signed into law by President Clinton in 1996. As the Act's title suggests, it attempted, among other things, to curb illegal immigration and to deal with the problem of aliens who commit crimes in this country. Congress has provided that aliens who commit certain crimes may be deported, and Congress has given the Secretary of Homeland Security the power to arrest aliens who are believed to be deportable. In most cases, these aliens may be released on bond or parole if they can show that they are unlikely to flee or to harm others. But in 1996, Congress decided that some aliens, mainly those who have ties to terrorism or convictions for certain serious crimes, should be treated differently. Specifically, Congress thought that these aliens should always be detained, because releasing them is too risky. That is, they are too likely either to commit more crimes or to melt into the general population and thus avoid removal. One may agree or disagree with this assessment, but that's the one Congress made in 1996, and it is not our prerogative to second-guess it. To deal with these dangerous criminal aliens, Congress adopted the statutory provision that we must interpret in this case, and that is 8 U.S.C. Section 12, uh, Section 1226C. This provision has two parts. Paragraph 1 tells the Secretary of Homeland Security that her agents must arrest certain aliens when they are released from jail. And it describes these aliens for the most part based on the criminal offenses for which they were convicted. Paragraph 2 of the provision then says that, with one narrow exception not involved in this case, the aliens, quote, described in, that's the key phrase, described in, paragraph 1 must be detained until their removal proceedings are over. They cannot be released on bond or parole. This brings us to the question in this case, and it is really a simple question. Who are the aliens who are described in paragraph 1? There are two possible answers. The first is the one that we adopt and the one that was adopted by every court of appeals to consider this question other than the Ninth Circuit. And it is this. The aliens described in paragraph 1 are the aliens that the Secretary of Homeland Security is required to arrest basically those who were convicted for one of the crimes Congress listed. The other interpretation, and this is the one adopted by the Ninth Circuit and by the dissenters in this Court, is that the aliens described in paragraph 1 are only those aliens who were arrested when they were released. This argument is contrary to the text of the statute, and with all due respect, it simply makes no sense. Paragraph 1 describes the aliens whom the Secretary of Homeland Security must arrest. The directive that she must arrest these aliens when they are released does not describe the aliens that she must arrest. It tells her when she is supposed to arrest them. If the aliens described in paragraph 1 
were only those aliens who were arrested. As soon as they were released, it would tell the Secretary to arrest upon their release from jail only those aliens who were arrested when they were released from jail. It would have the Secretary left running endlessly in a circle. This interpretation also leads to naked legislation on the part of the judiciary. According to the Ninth Circuit, unless the alien is arrested immediately after prison, after leaving prison, the alien need not necessarily be detained. In this case, respondents stepped back a little bit, and they said that that Homeland Security has until midnight to arrest the alien, but after that, the agents turn into pumpkins. And the dissenters step back a little further, and they say that Homeland Security has a reasonable time to arrest an alien who is covered by the statute, but anything more than six months is presumptively too long. But even if you look at this statute with an electron microscope, you will not see any of these numbers in the text. They are taken out of thin air. And these invented limitations frustrate the statutory scheme. If an alien is too dangerous to be released at the moment when he steps out of the door of the prison, and that is the judgment that Congress made, is he any less dangerous when midnight strikes? The limitations imagined by the Ninth Circuit and the dissent matter in the real world because very often Homeland Security cannot arrest aliens as soon as they are released from jail. Very often states and counties refuse to inform the federal government when such aliens are going to be released. Over a span of less than three years, from January 2014 to September 2016, such requests were denied more than 21,000 times in 567 counties and 48 states. In arguing in favor of its interpretation of the statute, One of the dissent's main points is that its reading is necessary in order to avoid constitutional problems. But respondents in this case did not ask us to decide whether the statutory provision at issue is unconstitutional. The most, they said, is that the provision is ambiguous and that it should be read to include the midnight deadline in order to avoid possible constitutional problems. But for the reasons I have briefly tried to explain this morning and the others set out in the opinion of the Court, the statutory provision is not ambiguous. The dissent in making its argument focuses on extreme cases, such as the case of an alien who serves time and then, after release, lives a law-abiding life for many years and puts down strong roots in the community before being arrested on the ground that he is deportable. Such a person, it is argued, should be given the opportunity to obtain release on bail. But we do not have before us a case in which such a person claims that the statute is unconstitutional as applied to him. Again, this is not a constitutional case at all. And it is not a case involving the plight of a particular individual. The Ninth Circuit interpreted the statute to mean that no alien who escapes immediate arrest is subject to mandatory detention. That categorical rule flouts the language of the statute and makes a mockery of what the statute attempts to do. It reflects nothing more than a policy judgment that differs from that of those responsible for the enactment of the law in 1996. For these reasons and the others set out in our opinion, the decision of the Ninth Circuit is reversed. 
Justice Thomas has filed an opinion concurring in part and concurring in the judgment in which Justice Gorsuch joins. Justices Thomas and Gorsuch conclude that the Federal courts lack jurisdiction to consider respondents' claims. Justice Kavanaugh has filed a concurring opinion. Justice Breyer has filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and Kagan join.